Welcome to the Motivational Firewood Radio Show, hosted by keynote speaker, author, and vision board mastery creator, Steve Gamlin. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, my friends. Steve Gamlin here. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Motivational Firewood Radio Show. I have got a very cool special guest tonight. This is my friend, Jackie Valandry. Jackie and I go back a few years with regard to my vision board work, my visualization coaching, and the company she works with. So, hey there, Jackie. Welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And where are you calling us from today? I'm from uh, Johnson City, Tennessee. Beautiful. And, you know, I've kind of already alluded to it. How far back do we actually go between our relationship through Athena's Home Novelties? Oh, probably, probably six years now. Yeah, that's I was thinking it was about that, but I'm terrible with dates and years and all that stuff. So I started with them back in 2015 and did the first vision board workshop right away that following January. And you and I have stayed in touch this whole time. It's not just that once a year as part of the event and kind of, you know, set it and forget it and you're off on your own. We've had a really good conversation over the years, back and forth, celebrating your wins. And if you had questions, obviously reach out and ask and do a little coaching and get through. But we had a call a couple of months ago and it started off as just a random call. You just had a couple of questions and we set it up. And I noticed in the background on your wall, matter of fact, I commented on something that I thought was really beautiful, and it was a tribute to your parents. And we started to have a pretty incredible conversation. Uh, I lost my dad about four and a half years ago, and we're talking about how present they still are in our lives. So if you don't mind, maybe a little background on what you set up and in the tribute that you put together for your parents. Well, I've got... Um, I've got a wall in my dining room in the middle. My dad was in the military. So in the middle, I've got a beautiful Eagle, um, that he made while he was in the Navy. And then I've got his flag from when he passed away. And then below it is a letter from the president thanking him for his service. And then built around that, I've got four shelves, two for my mother-in-law and father-in-law and then two for my mom and dad and on there um i've had a bear sewn out of a piece of their clothes so i have one bear for each of uh my parents and then i've got a picture up there and then on each shelf is something that is unique to them like my mom really loved winnie the pooh and my dad loved model cars and beer steins. And my father-in-law was all about coffee mugs. So I've got different things up there that are individual to those people. And you look at that wall and you know, that is completely my mom or that's totally my dad. What a way to honor them. And I, I wish more people, I don't want to say I wish more people did something like this. I wish more people were able to do something like this, to really keep it in their heart and to have such a tight relationship with their parents, their in-laws, et cetera. I've got a little setup over here in my recording studio. This was actually the first project I ever did, carpentry project in my life, without my dad because he was very ill by the time I started building it. And he passed a couple of weeks after I started. And so it's very special because I took a lot of the pieces and parts from the recording studio that he and I built at his house 22 years ago. And a lot of them, I, I very carefully took everything apart and put it back together down here. New things I built, 
some, uh, you know, there's a window frame up behind me in the foundation and it was a little bit crooked. And I looked at it and said, close enough. And instantly in my head was his voice. You're going to leave it like that, bud. I'm like, really? <laughs> you're, you're like, you're still asking me that question. And I thought about it. I said, I knew exactly what he would have said. He would have said, you got to look at it every day. Why don't you just take 15, 20 minutes and fix it and do it right? Because it's going to bother you. If it's going to bother you forever, fix it now. And in, in every phase of my business, if I start to get to that well, good enough, close enough thing, that voice is still there. So I understand and I feel the connection you still have with all four, your your parents and your in-laws as well. And I think that's really powerful and it's beautiful. Yeah, and I'd, I want my kids to be able to look up there and see the pictures and, you know, they're they're young, so they're not going to remember them as much as my husband and I are. So if they look up there, well, why is this up there? And I can explain like, this is for grandpa because, you know, he loved to build model cars and this was his passion. And, you know, so it's for the kids just as much as it is for us. Yeah. And then we get to relive the stories. And and that's something I learned in my speaking business long ago, a guy named James Malinchek, who's big in helping speakers build their business. There was a phrase at one of his boot camp recordings that I bought, and somebody said, I never tell stories, I relive them. And now when your kids get to see you talk about your parents and your in-laws, and you get to relive the story, so it's not just, oh, he liked this, you get to breathe life into the memories, maybe his favorite model or the favorite beer stein or your mom's favorite bear, obviously Winnie the Pooh. So maybe that was part of your raising your kids. Stories of Winnie the Pooh were there because it was so important to your family. Right. And we had our conversation a couple months ago. And one of the big things I do with vision boards is your goals aren't just things. It's not just material stuff. You know, we work in eight areas of life, physical health, emotional emotional well-being, relationships, core values and ethics, faith and spirituality, connection, business, money, et cetera. And we were talking about a health goal that you had, and you wanted to start doing some walking. And you came up with this challenge you wanted to do in the month of February. Why don't you explain a little bit about that? And this is where things got really interesting. So the American Cancer Society was doing a 28 miles in 28 days challenge in February. So basically you walk a mile a day and it's, it's in memory of someone. And in 2016, my mom, um, who I miss very much, was diagnosed with stomach cancer and it was inoperable and it was stage three at the time. And she fought for three and a half years. And in November of 2019, we did lose her to that stomach cancer, unfortunately. And I was trying to find a way to get motivated and go outside and, and walk and, and do something and get healthier. And I came across this and my mom and I were very close and I was raising, it was a challenge, but also a fundraiser. So I was raising money for the American Cancer Society at the same time. Uh, so I I just thought that this would be a good way to, to motivate me because it would not only be me getting outside and getting healthy, it would also be raising awareness for the cancer that took my mom and raising money to hopefully someday get to a cure. In somewhere in our conversation, and I always refer to my coaching calls, we're like, we're playing volleyball. 
we we just keep hitting ideas and energy and, and love back and forth. And we came up with this hashtag together that became kind of your mantra for that month. Mm-hmm. You know, you had said hashtag walk with mom and I've never really used hashtags. I've never really thought about them too much. And when you said that, I, I started thinking, how can I take mom with me on these walks? And maybe two days prior, I had gone to the store and gotten one of those holders to put my phone in to go on my walk so I could listen to my music. And my phone is huge and it didn't fit. Um, and I don't know what made me think of it, but I went in and, you know, grabbed that holder and thought this is perfect. I can slide a picture of my mom. It fits my wrist. It just didn't fit my phone. So I grabbed a great picture of my mom with my daughter when back when she was really healthy and younger and put it in that holder and put it on my wrist. And I wore that every day for the month of February. I, I walked with it every single day. And, and so I just she, got, she came with me. <laughs> I just got goosebumps when you're saying that, just like when you, sh- you sent the picture the very first day and you would take a picture each day, holding it up. And, Oh, I looked forward to that every day because I knew whether you walked outdoors and I know there were some days, you know, you, you walked indoors as well, but you, you just kept getting there and kept getting there and kept getting there. And even on the first day, you know, kind of like I talk about when I'm doing some work here in the studio or in the workshop, in the garage or out in our yard, that there are signs that my dad is around. And some days it was a dragonfly, a red dragonfly, which I'm told are like a visitor and also cardinals. We'd never had cardinals at our house until after my dad passed. And then they started kind of showing up and sitting on a rock while I was out working in the yard. And almost immediately you started to get some signs that your mom was walking with you. Ah, uh, absolutely. Um, that that first day I walked up the track at my daughter's elementary school and it's four laps around is one mile. And I was going and I was like, I'm not in the greatest shape. It's winter. It's cold out. And I got to that third lap and I'm like, you know, I just... I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this every day. And almost immediately a Robin landed on the fence post right by me. My mom's name was Robin and it just sat there. And I'm, I probably got within two feet of it. It wasn't going anywhere. It was like, it was like mom landed there and said, no, you're going to keep going. And then I started getting those every day. The next day it wasn't one Robin, the entire field was full of robins i have pictures there were probably 30 or 40 robins in the middle of the the field while i was walking and a couple weeks later um it was very very cold because tennessee it it gets really warm and really cold and it's springtime isn't fun here (laughs) and um i was walking and i just kind of said out loud you know i could really use something to push me forward and I came around the track and in chalk, it said slay, just, you're going to slay this. And I was like, okay, yes, I am. I'm going to slay. So let's keep going. And I think that was the day I wound up pushing and going two miles, which was way outside of my comfort zone at that time. But I just kept going. And my neighborhood is, is really 
really hilly. I live in the East Tennessee mountains and I was walking through our neighborhood one day and the crocus is not a flower that really grows here. And early February is really out of the realm for flowers to be popping up. But my mom had a whole yard full of crocus when I was a kid. I came around the corner and this whole front yard was just full of blooming crocus. The whole thing was just purple. And it it just made me think, wow, I've never seen a crocus in Tennessee in my life. And yet here's a full yard that looks just like my mom's. And Cardinal, I saw probably saw a Cardinal every single day on every single walk. And I think the best sign that I got, you and I had had a conversation a couple days prior, maybe just the day before. And you had asked me about her favorite songs. Yes. And I said, you know, oh, she liked this song. She liked that song. And she really liked the song, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which is an old song. It is an old gospel song that is not just going to pop up. And you said to me, you watch. One of those songs is going to pop up. And I think I was listening to YouTube. Oh, I was listening to TikTok or, or YouTube or something. And an ad popped up for a theater that's about 45 minutes away from my house. And on the very bottom, it just said, will the circle be unbroken? And I haven't heard that song in forever. And it happens that this month they're doing a play about the life of and the music of the Carter family. And will the circle be unbroken is the name of the show. And so I'm, now I'm going to go to that show. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but man. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that song in years since probably since I put it in at my mom's funeral service, I had them play it. And prior to that, I hadn't thought of that song in probably a decade. And I just mentioned it to you. And then all of a sudden there it is. Here's a play your mom's favorite song. So it, it was like, I was on the treadmill that day because it was miserable weather and I was just really frustrated. And I looked down and I'm like, wow, will the circle be unbroken? That's, that's insane. What did, what are the, there's no, there's no chance. It's, it's not coincidence. It had to be her saying, I am right here. Keep going. Exactly. And you know, when so many people talk about the law of attraction and the secret and vision boards and visualization, yeah, and I've been fighting this since day one when I started teaching this. People are like, oh, it's all woo-woo. It's all this. It's all mystical. You know, a guru at the top of a mountain meditating with a goat. And it's all this just crazy wild stuff. But when we get so super clear about who we are, what we want, why it's important to us, honoring the people around us, working on improving ourselves and taking consistent action to build momentum and to build confidence and in self-esteem and in creating results and moving forward. It's no wonder that our, you know, antenna is up and seeing and hearing and feeling and smelling and, and all of these things that we become so hyper aware of that so many people would look and go, Oh, Jackie, that's a coincidence. Like on day one, 
And we we communicated a lot of days in February where I'd say, all right, what was today's sign? And, you know, some days there wasn't one, but then other days you'd go, uh, this and this and this. They would double and right. triple up. And so many people just have such a block, whereas if they could stay more open to it, like you and I do, and, and a lot of the people that I work with do, just amazing the connections and the opportunities that we could find around us. You may someday be walking past that house that has all the crocuses out there and the neighbor could be out there and you may happen to say, hello, hello, maybe even have a little conversation. And that conversation talks about how your mom had a crocus garden when you were a kid and there may be some connection there for some reason. That person may dig up one of the plants and give it to you to put it in your yard for all we know. But we can't stop these ripples. And, and that's the beautiful part of it is is just watching you and listening to you talk about these things and not tell me, but relive these. Because I've been both my arms have been goosebumped up for most of this conversation, just so you know. <laughs> and I know your goal was to average one mile per day for the month of February, 28 miles to raise money and of course raise awareness to help find a cure with the American Cancer Society. So how many miles did you wind up with in the month of February? I wound up with about 32 or 33 miles. I went a little bit over a mile almost every day. Some days I went up to three miles and some days I didn't quite make that mile, but overall I met that goal of 28 and 28. Awesome. And I know that uh, you've got some more walking coming up and this turned out to be not only a great connection with your mom and a great way to raise awareness and raise money, but you're going to be doing some more walking coming up in the month of May. Yeah, my my 10-year-old daughter does a program called Girls on the Run, mm-hmm. which is an, another great, great program that raises um, raises awareness for, for bullying and trying to just bring girls together in a positive way instead of dragging each other down. And it's a wonderful program. And she's been doing that. This is her second season. And on May 6th, she has um, a color run. It's a 5K, and she has to have a running buddy. So I will be out there walking that 5K with her. I do a 5K every year, but this one is special because I'm going to do it with my daughter. And I'm willing to bet you're going to have that beautiful armband on there with a picture of a very special lady in there walking with you. Three generations walking together on that day. Absolutely. Awesome. You know, just yesterday, I um, was out in the backyard with Ronan, my littlest one, mm-hmm. and three out of four of my, my parents and in-laws are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, still got my mother-in-law. But I went out in the backyard, and Ronan started yelling, Red Bird, Red Bird, which is what he calls cardinals. Yeah. And uh, I came around the corner, and there were two, two male and a female cardinal just oh, wow. lined up on a tree together. And I was like... Well, all right. (laughs) Wow. Look at that. Yeah. Another moment. Yep. You know, and and someday when he's old enough to understand, you can ask him about that Mm -hmm. and and then explain who it was, you know, that they're, that they're there keeping an eye on him and, and visiting him. And that's, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I try and he's, he's still young, but I try and point out like the, the, red dragonflies when they land and then you know when he's older i'll explain you know this is who that is yeah and i've been told the red ones are very rare and 
I wasn't told that until after I saw one sitting on a rock while I was doing some digging out in the yard. And I thought it was just really odd because usually they'll fly off if you're that close. This one sat there for it had to be a good half hour. And I put a post about it on Facebook later that day. And I said, it was really interesting, this red dragonfly. And somebody said, a red one. Those are rare and they're visitors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, the first time I saw one, I was up in Massachusetts with Ronan. and I brought him to meet my mom mm-hmm. and a friend and I went to King Richard's fair and there was a red dragonfly that followed me all through King Richard's fair. Every time we turned around, it was right there. And then a few weeks later, I was really stressed out about something and one like buzzed my face and landed on my nose and just sat there wow. for like 30 seconds. And I was like, okay, I get it. I'm calm now. Yep. <laughs> Wow. And I actually, I, I have a red dragonfly tattooed on my leg. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I have um, a Finnish symbol. It's called a sisu. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it means perseverance in the face of adversity. And I've been through a lot. <laughs> yep. And I have the red dragonfly landing on the, the sisu symbol. Wow. So, yeah, dragon. I have three dragonflies tattooed but one one bright red one so you're just a magnet now for just these amazing moments and energy and and oh absolutely visits and and just just to know that people are checking in on you and and, you know and like you said you're stressed out it lands on your nose you're calm and there, there are moments where i'll just I'll feel my dad here. I'll be looking for something up in his old workshop because my stepmom still lives in the house and I still do a lot of work up there. And I'll just walk down into the shop and I'll go, all right, bud, where'd you leave it? <laughs> like I, I used to just go looking <laughs> everywhere and I'm like, I go, he's laughing his butt off at me right now. Just looking around, looking around. And I've started to just say, just leave it and go, all right, bud, where'd you leave the tool I'm looking for? 14 times so far we've documented this. I've just started walking (laughs) towards a door or a cabinet or a shelf. And there it was in a place where I had no idea. 14 things so far. It doesn't surprise me at all. And I also find that it really comes through through music. Sometimes if they really want to get your attention and you might hear one song, but then another one will come right behind it. And then it'll just be a string of five or six songs that all have some sort of meaning. And it's like, okay, I'm paying attention. You're trying to tell me something. Yeah. Yeah. For for me, my dad, it was always uh, oldies, like fifties and sixties oldies or Kenny Rogers. And I, there are days I'll just find a good song on YouTube and then whatever it decides to play afterward, it just keeps going and going. And there's one day, Three of my favorite Kenny Rogers songs in a row came on and I was working on a carpentry project and I was struggling with it a little bit. And I just said, okay, I'm paying attention. I just looked at the problem and I said, all right, how would dad go about solving this? Yeah. Fixed it. Matter of fact, it was the wooden frame that's behind me around that recording light. That's the project I was working on. And uh, nice. it's right behind me every day and here in the studio. And I, I always, you know, it makes me think of the music. It makes me think of my dad. And I'm just grateful for, for those moments that I get to have. 
my dad and I had a really, really rough relationship when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it got worse. And then after my mom passed away, we had this like knockdown drag out, like moment where he realized that my mom kept a lot from him. She was trying to protect him. She was trying to protect me. So he kind of realized like all this stuff all at once. And in those last three weeks, we had a better relationship than we'd had my entire life. And we, it, he passed and I felt comfortable with him passing that like we really had bonded and connected in those last three weeks because there was only three weeks between my parents passing away. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I was just having a rough day, kind of a weird day. I want to say it was probably my dad's birthday and I was listening to YouTube. I go through, go down YouTube rabbit holes all the time. Yeah, me too. And yeah, I was listening to Disturbed and Volbeat and a bunch of like heavy rock bands. And, but it was just going on its own pace. And then it literally just went from Volbeat Lola Montez into Vince Gill. <laughs> And Patty Loveless singing Go Rest High Up on That Mountain, which was one of my dad's favorite songs. Yeah. Um, and it was at, uh, they were singing it at the memorial for George Jones, which was my dad's all-time favorite singer. And I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting how we leapt from here to this. Yeah. And then it did another jump to ralph stanley ralph stanley singing i'll fly away which was the song that was sung at my dad's funeral and then it just kind of kept going that way and i'm like how did we get from disturbed to ralph stanley and that's a big jump (laughs) and it was very clear that he was like hey i'm right here here's my music have a good cry for a minute and then let's move on. Yeah. Just like when we're kids, our parents go, yeah, your music stinks. I'm going to play mine. I used to get that. My dad did not get eighties rock at all. (laughs) Cause I was a teenager in the eighties and, and anytime we worked together, I mean, and I love oldies and I love Kenny Rogers. So that was just always kind of the given. And when I was building the studio, that's first off, other than the electrical, because I didn't want to burn down the house and mudding the sheetrock because a great, my best friend offered to do it. Nobody was allowed to touch this recording studio. Everything I did everything. And all I listened to was Kenny Rogers and oldies. And the only snack I would eat was cheese. It's even though I know they're not good for me and I never ate them otherwise. But those couple of months I was building the studio there was always a box of Cheez-Its down in here sitting on a sawhorse and they were full of sawdust and they were gross and they were stale by the time I finished, but it was just like the ones my dad and I had eaten for years. So he was here, Mm -hmm. you know, for that. And, and yeah, yeah. such a connection. Yeah. I believe it. There's, there's so many things. Um, I have a, a friend who does angel card readings and she's kind of medium, like a medium. Mm hmm. And my, now this is going way back 
it was my apartment in, in Massachusetts and I was living alone. My grandmother, who I was very, very close to, I was her only grandchild, uh, had just passed away. And I had the box of all of her things from the nursing home. And I couldn't bring myself to go through it, to look at it, to sort it, any of it. So I put the box at the foot of my bed. And Janine, my friend Janine, had no way of knowing this. And I kept feeling someone sit on my feet every night. Every single night, I would go to sleep and it would feel like someone squashed down on my feet. And I, so I did a medium reading with Jenny and I'm like, you know, I just want to see, connect with my grandmother if I can. Mm -hmm. And she just said, if you don't want her to sit on your feet, move her pictures because she still wants to look at them. Whoa. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Wow! And ever since, ever since then, we've talked about it. When I feel really stressed and I'm in a place where I can't bring myself back, I always feel her sit on my feet when I'm going to sleep. Wow! And this is 15 years later. She still sits on my feet when I get really stressed out, but only when I'm really stressed out. Yeah. But yeah, if you don't want her to sit on your feet, move the box of her stuff. <laughs> Okay. Oh, that's Noted. beautiful. <laughs> that is absolutely beautiful. I love that. And and what a what a gift for her to to just know. Mm -hmm. it, without knowing, she knew. And and I just think that's great. Yeah. What a gift she gave. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get it. It's time to put your pictures out and take your stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So now I've got, because she left me a beach house in Massachusetts. And after a while living in Oregon, I couldn't have a beach house in Massachusetts. It just didn't work. And I sold it. So now I have in my bedroom up here, a shelf that is like a picture of my grandmother at the Cape and a piece of the cottage and the lamp and some of the decorations. So I have kind of what I have downstairs for my parents yeah. up here for my grandmother but we were very very close yeah. yeah but yeah i think there's always signs there's something every day you just have to be aware enough to recognize it yeah and, and be open enough to to not just dismiss everything as whoa that's a coincidence or you know oh well whatever or that it's not that there's not really a connection there and i think that it's 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 so much deeper than that and and I think it's a big comfort. I mean, my my dad and I, we we didn't, you know, I never called him dad. It was Bud. <laughs> you know, ever since I was thirteen, <laughs> in in fast times at Ridgemont High, you know, hey Bud, and that's we just called each other that. It, it was like aloha. It was hello and goodbye. Hey Bud, mm -hmm. see you, Bud, and and that was it. That was our greeting and our our hello and goodbye for years. And even now, I, every morning I come down here to the recording studio and I got our favorite picture there. I got a little note that I wrote in pencil because at the time of his funeral, the walls were just two by fours. And I took a pencil and I wrote on the two by four, you know, hey, bud, thank you for always taking the time to teach me how to use the tools. Love, Bud Jr. And I wrote the date. It was the day, the day of or after his funeral. And I looked at it on the wall and I said, I don't want to cover that up. 
And so I busted out the saw and I cut the piece of wood out and I planed it down. So now it's like just a, a thin piece of a two by four, but it's leaning against where his picture, the picture of him and I are. And every day I come down and I read it, I smile and I go, all right, bud, we're going to have some fun in the studio today. We're going to rip it up and and make some good (laughs) stuff happen. And it, it just goes from there. And I'm just, I'm just charged up by that. So I love that all of this came out of me asking you, Hey, Jackie, what's up on that wall behind you? That looks pretty interesting. And Oh, I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Who knows what might happen when I go to that play and go watch, will the circle be unbroken? There might be something. I might run into someone. I might meet someone. You know, (laughs) it feels like just a ripple effect. Like it could just keep going. And the beautiful part about ripples is we never know how far they're going to go. Just the way water works in, in the cells of the surface of the water and the tension between them, we never know how right. far it's going to go. We never know the direction, and we also never know when they're going to come back at us with an interesting right. little connection or a twist or a conversation. Like I said, you could go there and see someone or have a conversation with somebody, and all of a sudden you're going to find out the world just got a little smaller because you're already connected somehow. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So after you go to the show, we're going to have to have another conversation and uh, and see where things are at and just see how much more interesting things have gotten. So thank you so much for being a part of the show, Jackie. Truly appreciate it and appreciate you and respect you and just think the world of you. And thanks so much for sharing your story. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening. For more information on how you can create a more vivid, focused future with the Vision Board Mastery Program, or to invite Steve to be part of your next event, please visit stevegamlin.com.